Get ready to talk sports with Daryl. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver. Daryl knows the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now here's Daryl. And welcome to Sports Info UM VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, your host, Daryl Oliver. Whole lot going on in the world of sports. You know, um, Tonight's game, probably one of the biggest games in NFL. This day, um, the L.A. Rams are taking on Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, this is a very exciting game for this week. Probably the most exciting game of the week. Jerry Jones has come out and said, you know, actually, um, um, the um, Seattle Seahawks, their owner passed away. It looked like this team is probably going to be sold pretty soon. And um, the Carolina Panthers was sold recently this season for $2 billion. And Jerry Jones has come out and said he would take no less, not that he's interested in or even ready to sell his team, but he would take no less than $10 billion. Guys, let's don't get it twisted. Let's don't ever talk about the contracts that these young men are signing in the NFL, the money that they're trying to make. And let's don't and 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 any if anybody says anything about um um uh, Le'Veon Bell holding out for the remainder of the season just so he could be healthy enough to possibly sign a thirty-five million dollar contract. Hey, I mean, just ignore them or give them the ugly stink eye or or something but we really have to think about this thing jerry jones says he'd sell his franchise for no less than 10 billion and we know that the seattle seahawks are worth more than the carolina panthers so you're talking about at least 2 billion that the seattle seahawks are worth so wow and we start talking about this kind of money ladies and gentlemen you know, it's it's just crazy. And and actually Forbes has the um has the um the Dallas Cowboys um ranked as the highest ranking sports franchise monetarily in the world, in America, let's say America, at five billion dollars. And Jerry Jones says he would take no less than 10. And I'm sure if he put the I'm, I'm sure if he put the Cowboys out there on the market, um, he could he could he could make probably 10 billion because, you know, when we look at what he bought the Cowboys for in 1989, 150 million. And here it is now. Hey, some 30 years later. And this franchise is worth Ten billion dollars. So hey, Jerry Jones, hey, um, more power to you. But let's don't ever start talking about these young men that are out there trying to get paid because um, you know they deserve it. Um, they they really do. Yeah, yeah they they deserve it. They deserve every every penny every penny that um, that they get. You know, but, you know, I guess one of the things I want to talk about, too, is is Jameis Winston. 
you know, um, the famous, famous Jameis, he's not famous. He's famous for some old dumb stuff is what he's famous for. But uh, Jameis Winston came into the game yesterday in a game that um, that actually um, could not be finished by Ryan Fitzpatrick for some reason or another. And the reason being because he kept throwing interceptions. And um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like what he is. He's a backup quarterback that's still uh, that's that's aging actually. Let's, let's let's call it what it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a backup quarterback that's aging, and he's co- he's good for coming in and relieving a quarterback during the regular season for maybe one or two games. And then he goes back to what he does, holding the clipboard, sitting on the bench, just being a backup quarterback. But until then, we still have a lot to talk about as far as Jameis Winston. You know, um, Jameis Winston came into the game yesterday, 12 of 16, uh, 199 yards, two TDs, one interception, I had a quarterback rating of eighty nine point nine, and I think Jameis came in 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 during the third quarter, and this was after uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had thrown three interceptions, thirteen to twenty one, one hundred and sixty seven yards, and he really looked like a a, a bad quarterback against a not so very good. Um, New York Giants football team, and you know um, the the Giants are are not. <laughs> they have the same record as the um, as the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As a matter of fact, they came into yesterday with a worse record than the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at two and seven. And um, actually, now they're three and seven, three seven, three and seven. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and seven. You know, the the Buccaneers. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I said it on the show a few times. It's time for Dirk Cutter to really kind of possibly be on his way. Uh, and if Jameis Winston is not going to be with this team next year, and they actually, um, I think the the contract for Jameis Winston next year is, um, yeah, if they if they sign him this year, which I really didn't think they wanted to, that they're going to owe him. Twenty point nine million for next year. You know, I I'm, I'm I really think that um, I, I really think that that they not they're not really sure if they're ready. I mean, they're not really sure if they're ready to pay Jameis Winston this kind of money. You know, I'm I'm I don't think they have a lot of confidence in this young man. They've shown that time and time again. You know they benched him twice this year, and it's it's up to it's up to us to see if um it's up to him really to see if he's going to be able to to make it through another contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And who knows? You know these teams hate to get rid of first round picks. They really hate to get rid of first round picks. Hey, but let's get right to what we have on our show tonight. You know who we who we have on our show tonight. Tonight we have Jay Brophy. On our show, and Jay is a former teammate of mine. As a matter of fact, he was a captain of the um, 1983 national championship team. Um, you know, Jay went on to uh, play for the Miami Dolphins and played in the Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins. Jay, what's going on, my man? Dio, how are you, man? 
Man, love this voice, life I got. I, well, you, uh, you got to. But, you know, my voice yeah. is a little more hoarse than normal. You know, I, I talk like I got razor blades in my throat anyway, but it's a little <laughs> more hoarse because I was out hollering at the uh, high school playoff game. We lost the other night, the third round, and uh, took its toll on me a little bit. You know, Jay, I could tell uh, you coached that high school football just like you played that linebacker, that inside linebacker at the University of Miami with all of your heart and soul, brother. I can hear it in your voice right now. You didn't leave nothing on the field on Friday night, Jay. Not a thing, brother. <laughs> hey, Daryl, I try not to. Because I think yep. that the worst-case scenario, when I get off the field, I can look in the mirror and know at least I said and did what I tried and wanted to do. And uh, they're right. I tell the kids that all the time, too, man. Don't, don't have any regrets. Don't leave anything out there. You should be worn out afterwards. So, That's yeah, caught up with me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't we we hate to play that what if game. You know, even when we're in our fifties, we ain't got time to play that what if game. You know what I mean? What if I if I had only? No, oh, yeah. we ain't got time for that. We leave it right right where we left it at. Did everything we could while we could, and uh, and that's how it is. I think you're absolutely right about that. The older you get, I think the more you are on it because. You don't know how much longer you'll be around. Experience is the best teacher in the world. And you've known from the past, and I'm 30 years in coaching now. And you look at it and you go, hey, listen, you've you got experiences from the past on either not doing things or doing too many things during ball games. And it finally just comes to the point where you live with your decisions and you're fine with them, but you're going to make those decisions regardless. You're going to make them, Jay. You know, and uh, a lot of people don't know that you were LeBron James' um, only high school football coach. Is that correct? Yeah, I tell you what, man. I, I, I say it to this day. Now, a lot of the old people listening, uh, cool yourself. <laughs> I will remember. <laughs> remember Harold Carmichael played wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was six yes. foot eight, and, and he was a big, strong guy that threw the ball to. Well, I always said LeBron reminded me of a mix between Harold Carmichael and the fluency of uh, Randy Moss. It's, and that's a heck of a combination. And everybody just say, well, he'd be a tight end. No, he wouldn't. Uh, he was a 4-5 guy, and he, he is six seven six eight now. He had great hands, and he could run great routes. He could catch the ball at uh, one hand, all that. Uh, he actually would play scout team quarterback while we had the defense on just because he could run the option. He could, he could do the uh, run and shoot. The kid, kid had a great arm, and uh, his limitations uh, would have been just whatever he decided to do. If he went to the NFL, he worked as hard as he did in basketball. I always said he would have been a dynamite wide receiver. And I, and I do think, uh, wow, it would have, have been scary. Uh, I, I really would have loved to have seen it, but, of course, I think he made the right choice. I, I think he made the right choice, too, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think he made the right choice. You know, um, when you look back at, at 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 LeBron James and and whether he would have been a a, a a superstar football player, and um what and you you live in the city that that uh, he's from Akron, Ohio. What kind of what kind of um implant what um impression has he left on that city? Has he is he making on the city? Um, what kind of impact do you see he's made? Well, uh, they're, they're huge, and uh, you know when LeBron says I'm a boy, it just from the uh, uh, city of Akron. Well, that's where I was. I know his neighborhood. I've lived in his neighborhood. I've traveled through his neighborhood. I, I knew him 
as a junior high player. I knew his mom, Gloria, everybody. And uh, that's just from being out in the city. And uh, I'll be honest with you, this, this kid's impact, I should say young man now, has been unbelievable because he's coming back Wednesday night with the Lakers to play in the local radio stations have giveaway tickets to the Cavs game, who are playing horrible right now, because LeBron's coming home. Uh, the first time he left the Heat, everybody was upset because, oh, you know, we were losing everything. But when he came back won that championship, I said, right there, he solidified everything. And he is, the I promise, school he built in Akron, Ohio, uh, his schooling, he has given to every community, every uh, team, he shows up. And when he come back home, he'd show up and go out and run routes on the field with the kids. Uh, you know, he just, he was always like a big kid and uh, very uh, humble, uh, very gracious. And, uh, you know, he, he, you can't, he couldn't do it more, actually, for the city. He really can't. And that's the kind of pressure. But he comes in with uh, the Lakers now that people are, 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 can't wait to get a ticket to go see him. And, and not to bully him or not to, it's just because they're proud of him. They want to see him play. They love the way he plays. But he means more to the neighborhood uh, in the city of Akron. Uh, than he does even on the court to everybody. It just, he has that big of an impact. And I think with the young kids in the area, too, uh, you couldn't ask for a better role model. Wow. Wow, that that's great, man. You know, um, I, I love LeBron James, and and one of the reasons I love him the most is because you just never heard anything negative about this guy. I mean, it's just all positive, positive, positive. And we don't, and people don't understand how hard that is for people in the, in the society that we live in now with the internet and the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram and the everything else, and people just monitoring every word that you say, it's hard to, to just not slip up and say something or do something or or something, you know, you just have not ever seen. I just saw a, a, a clip today where Kevin Durant cussed a fan out for calling him a cupcake. And, I mean, he just really just went off on this guy. You know, if LeBron James had did something like that, it'd be worldwide news for one thing. But you just think he'd never do anything like that. And, um, I, you, you know, know I have to applaud that guy, um, Jay. You know what, but I, I do too. And, and that's uh, really been uh, one of the, probably the biggest things that I've seen. That think, wait, Le- LeBron was the kind of kid that loved to have fun and joke around. But he was never late to meetings. He never, he never had problems like that, even in high school. He was a kid that was really on a mission. Now, I'm saying with you, with Facebook, Instagram, I was like, oh, my God, I'd I be in jail. through high school college for years. I mean, come on, man. I, I talked to former ballplayers like yourself, everybody. I said, hey, could you imagine if that was around in our day with the things we did and said? I mean, I, again, half of us would be, you know, just laughing at all the things that went on. And, uh, um, and for that to not to happen in the big crowds, the big stage, the private life, all of that, and nothing comes out bad. I mean, that's just a person that uh, has been exceptional in his personal life and the way he carries himself uh, and his team, his group of uh, guys. Now, Maverick Carter, his agent and best friend, he played football for me, too. So wow. I know Mav there, too, and Randy Bims. I know Randy and all these guys. So... He always had a close knit group, and you did not really get in that circle. I mean, he, he talked to everybody, he had fun with everybody, but he had a certain group of friends that were uh, his his close unit, and that's what he stuck with. And I, I'm just I, again, I'm probably more proud of him off the court than I am on. 
and he's exceeded everything I thought of on the court. I mean, I knew he was that talented, but geez. And again, I don't want to make it like I'm just saying, oh, the Rockets are backwards. No, this is this is something that I think all young athletes and uh, athletes will, that should look up to and aspire to be. Yeah. Hey, and, and you know, Jay, when um when we start talking about this Facebook and Twitter and all of that stuff that Le- LeBron James has successfully avoided conflict with, Half our team, I know I take that back. About 80% of our team would have been in a bunch of trouble back in the 80s when we were at the University of Miami where if we had Twitter and Facebook. And don't even think about if we had cameras on cell phones or even just cell phones with Twitter or or, or texting. We would have been in a whole lot of trouble, man. Are you kidding me? Again, I talk to guys just like you. You know that. If we went back and again. I'm not making excuses. I'm not apologizing or anything, but we were a different breed of uh, that team. I think back then in the 80s, when we turned the program to the national championship, man, you know, Howard Snowbird was the hardest guy in the world, man. I mean, he, he was tough. And yeah, we had Ooh. restricted hours on us for everything. So, you know, we we learned to blow off steam and do things in just crazy ways that, I mean, they're probably not even called for nowadays or you could do nowadays, but we did them. And you're right. If there was cameras, then, oh my God, eighty percent. I'm with you, and that's being conservative. That's, that's being conservative. That's being conservative. Yeah, that Jay. was it was. That was our approach, though. I, you know, I look at I go, hey, don't look about. How did we go out in the field and, and beat teams that were a lot bigger than us? Lots of us, all this prison. Man, we looked like uh, a scrap team compared to them. When you looked at our, our, our size and, and look at our backgrounds, we were all from different backgrounds. We had more Hispanic, black, white, you name it on our team. We and had them all on our team. You hear we me? had them all, baby. We, Who? We, if you're a cane, you're a cane. That's all. You're a cane, you're a cane. Yeah, we had them all. Yeah. Yep. So, we had them all. And, 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 and we were able to work it. And we were able to work it, you know. And I, and I tell people all the time, man. I, we had we live in a con, we live in a 36 building, a complex <laughs> A through Z. Right. And you could go from apartment A. To apartment Z, and if you needed to borrow anything from a hundred dollars, maybe to a thousand dollars, somebody within there was gonna get get it for you, and 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 you knew you was gonna get it back to them, you know, and they knew you were gonna right. get it back to them, and that's just how tight our team was, man. It was really, really tight, man. I mean, it was unbelievable. You and you're right. You know, you say and say that because again, thirty six. Remember back then, we could like nowadays, kids can live everywhere. They're they're not allowed to have football apartments, all that. Hell, we had those abandoned buildings, 36, with half the stuff that didn't work. That's what we all lived in, but you're right. Your foot didn't have to leave outdoor because you could cut through each other's rooms, climb across the bridge gateways there, walk across, get in people's windows. You could do anything you wanted. And we never touched the ground, but you're right. You could find anything you needed because everybody was one. We were all in the same boat. Everybody we're all in the same boat. each other out. You yep. know, and I talked yep. up, you know, um, older guys about that, too, and uh, Art Keogh was one of them. And I said, you remember, the one thing that we knew about practice with the Hurricanes, you knew where you stood. There wasn't any tempo. There wasn't any life. We were full go every day. And that's the way it went. And you just went out there and did your job. And, we had, and again, I think that's why we were as kind of crazy as we were, too. Because, man, we, we didn't get, uh, like, uh, these off days and, Oh, we're gonna go short. Take it easy. No, no, no. It was going out there knowing you were going to full go, and if you didn't, we'd end up starting practice over again. 
every well, day. Sometimes, but again, we made them for every day. Exactly. Every so day, Jay. We made the Jay. most out of it. And we learned Two. to compete. And again, I think that's something you, you can't do nowadays. But with that kind of attitude, that's why we won a national championship. Yep. Hey, Jay, we got to take a quick commercial break, man. Hey, we got Jay Brophy on the line with us, former University of Miami captain of the 1983 National Championship team, played with the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after these messages with more Sports Info U.M. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Jay Brophy on with us tonight. And um, Jay played with the Miami Dolphins during the Dan Marino era, played with the Miami Hurricanes during the Jim Kelly era, played with Mark Rick as a, when Mark Rick was a backup for the Miami Hurricanes, uh, played with Bernie Kosar and Vinny Testaverde. Welcome back, Jay. Thanks for being a part of Sports Info Show. I appreciate this, man. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I appreciate it, Jay. Hey, um, you know, Jay, I, I, I was when I was doing a little research about you coming on the show and being a part of us, man. You know, you you took a, a, a I guess a little hiatus from the University yeah. of Miami at one point. I I didn't know that. You know, and you came back you know and go ahead. No, go ahead. You're right. And the uh, reason I jump on this, you know, that was probably the best thing I ever did, even though it was crazy. Uh, after the the 79 season, when I was down as a freshman, I was disenchanted with Division One football. You know, I found out it was a business. Uh, it was hard. Go to school and try to do things. I just, it was a business to me. And I said, you know what? I don't like this. I came to play football. And I remember talking to Coach Stonenberger in the spring a couple of times. I just didn't up to quit. I told him I didn't think I was going to come back. I just didn't enjoy it. I was playing tight end at the time. I 
I'd add the uh, footage or a few things. I just, and I just didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in, man. I just didn't. And I said, you know what? And I kept talking about it. Finally, I said, we're going to come back. Well, God bless him. Uh, Coach uh, had uh, telephoned my parents and said, listen, I think this is something Jay needs to do. Uh, you know, but I'm going to keep the scholarship open. All right, so he decides to come back. Now, he later in years told my brother and them that he'd only done that twice his whole career. For me, it's someone else at FAU. So, I'm, you know, I own coach everything. He is like a father figure. And uh, what I did was I, I left and worked in a rubber factory in West Helena, Arkansas, with my brother Ray, who was running a, a kind of a maintenance asbestos company uh, back in the, those days out of Akron. And we had work out of town. He said, would you like to do it? Yeah. I just want to get away, kind of clear my head. Boy, oh boy, I found out what it's like in the real world. I went out there making $5 an hour and cleaning lamp black out of an old abandoned rubber plant. And those days in that heat, I can remember standing on the Mississippi River, looking over the bridge saying, what have I done? You know, what's happened? And uh, lo and behold, when I got back, I called Coach X, Coach Alexander, Hubbard Alexander, coach, uh, he's been on the yeah, show. You know, yeah, yes, yeah. We had yeah, Coach Axe on the show. Yeah, before he passed oh, away, man, God bless him. his soul. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Yeah, Luke Axe was a great guy. And I, I felt like I really talked to him. And I think that was his strength in recruiting and all. And you could talk to him. And I oh, called yeah. him and I said, Coach Axe, you know, I want to come back, man. And they were at the beach ball at the time. He said, Let me tell you, bro. Talk to coach stuff with Carl. We get back, blah, blah, blah. Well, long story short, they did. And, uh, you know, they got me back. And I had to go to uh, spring semester. It took 18 hours. And I did. I got all my credits. And I went to summer school all to be eligible for the fall. Now, the interesting thing with this whole thing, Daryl, is I let it as a freshman. So by missing my sophomore year, they gave me a medical register. Otherwise, I'd have never been the captain and played in the national championship. Wow. So see, sometimes second chances make a big difference in your life. And by me making that stupid move, I found out rededicating myself to coming back and playing ball and understanding what situation I was in. But I would have graduated the year before. I'd have been out of there. So, again, it worked out for the best for me, but I think that's one thing that uh, was intended to be was my destiny. So when I got into coaching and I talked to kids over the last 30 years, it's been about, you know, opportunities, second chances, and, uh, the times you don't get those are the decisions you make. So that's been able to carry over my career. Uh, I think that's been really helpful and why I do what I do today. Wow. That's awesome. You know, and, and, and Jay, you know, uh, man, there's so many kids need this, this talk that we're having, you know, um, take advantage of a second chance. And, 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 and matter of fact, take advantage of your first opportunity because you may not be as fortunate as you were to have a second chance. And, you know, Jay, um, you know, uh, some of those practices at the University of Miami, man, prepared you for anything and everything in life because the year we won the national championship and we had to go through those three-a-day practices before we ever played played our first game. Come on, man. You know, if that didn't didn't test, test you to death, you know, you you know, you see people after practice really just in a total body cramp, sitting in a tub Absolutely. of ice because you know they've lost so much fluid. You see people losing eight pounds in one day, unbelievable stuff. Yeah. You know, so hey, but that's what we went well, through to make us who we are right. today. 
Well, you got to remember, too, we only got one two-minute water break. And when he blew that whistle, man, the golf carts were off the field. The water was done. It was and done. And they were taking your helmet off, taking a knee and stuff. We weren't able to done. do that. But I tell kids about that, too. And But you know what? You make a great point, Darrell. And that's, that's the thing is, again, winning a national title with the people we had and how we did it. If you went through our practices and made it through that year, you feared nothing. No opponent, nothing. no life. That's I look at that now with the weather, no matter what it is. How hard it is little kids to practice? I tell them, I go, you know what? You'll always make it. You're not an empty. If you think you're, if you think you're tired, you think you're dead. You are, but you're not. You push through <laughs> it. And I go, it only comes from that experience that we went through. Because I know we died a couple times on that field and somehow Ooh. came out alive. And came you out know, alive, you know, man. You know. Ooh, we. Ooh, we. You know, Jay, that's one of the lines I used to tell kids when I was a football coach. You know, you ever been in a car and you look at the gas needle and it's on E and you can still drive by 20 more miles, man. Your tank ain't empty. You still got a lot more you can give up. You understand what I'm saying? When you think you have nothing left, (laughs) there's a lot more you can give. Yeah, we've heard that before somewhere. Yeah, And we saw it. We felt it. You know, I remember, I used to always tell kids when they'd be all dead, everybody bending over them, they'd like, okay. And I'd make sure they were far away, and I'd go, okay, last friend. If everybody's friends, yep, you hear me, we're done, we're done. Man, everybody all of a sudden became Joe Sprinter. And they'd yeah. fly up there, and I said, now, nah, see. I said, man, I don't want to hear that I'm tired stuff anymore. You always have something left. And again, i go back, remember the gases and stuff we ran? Who? Oh, gracious, man. How God, could you so forget gases, God Guys, yep. full body crafts. You ain't kidding. That was every day. Man. Yeah, but I really think those three of their practices in 1983 were the foundation for the University of Miami program becoming the U and be inventors of the word swag. All of that was started, yeah. I really think. And, you know, it was started before that in the Peach Bowl and, and some other games and some other years. But that year where we almost, all of us almost died on the field. And you're right, Jay. A lot of people yeah. don't understand about that two-minute water break. One two-minute water break during practice, and that was it. Um, Jay, when Jimmy Johnson came in after Coach Nellenberger left, he came in and he brought all these big water takes out on the field and he had uh, the trainer squeezing bottles all day long. And he said, anytime any player wants to stop and go and have a drink of water, he can. All you got to do is walk wow. over there and get you a drink of water. And a lot of guys from the old regime, like me and, and a, a lot of guys, Danny Stubbs and Jerome Brown and all of them, we thought it was a setup. We really thought it was a setup. You know what I mean? He just want to see who's soft. He just want to see who's weak. Oh, yeah. That's what he's looking for. And, you know, for days, man, yeah. hardly anybody went over there to get water because we really yeah. thought that it was a setup. But I, I believe it. I can believe that. I, I was going to say that it had to be so awkward because, you know, no one can be that nice. I mean, it was beat into us. Oh, when I From high school. Left. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The man, we do what was expected and right. It, that, that might be a trick. I can see when you guys did that. I remember when I was with the Dolphins, I came out to a practice, and I, I got to meet Jimmy John for a minute, talk to him, but that was all. But but I saw guys kicking a knee and drinking water, and I was like, man, is this an off day? Like, something was up. Yeah. Like, no, man. We, we, no. I remember when a guy had an ice bag on, we'd try to sneak behind him and drink <laughs> the bag so we could drink the water out of it. I mean, 
man, it was, it was crazy. But, you know, somehow we would fight through it and we, we made each other better. And there was just, I mean, there's almost no way that we were going to take a loss in a national championship game. Because I don't know if it was because out of fear of what might happen to us. We might have practiced that night. <laughs> you know, or right. we just, you know, it was burned into us. It was burned into us, you know, what we had to do on the field. And we were used to doing it. And we were used to doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's just, it, it was what it was, man. Um, right. You know, I, I'm... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, but Jay, um, do you follow the current University of Miami football program? Yes, I am. Always. Yes. And, and yeah, and what are my thoughts? Yes. What are your thoughts on what's happening in the game? Well, I don't bite my tongue much, and it's, it's not directed quite at anybody, but we need to get being back to being Miami mean. And that doesn't mean cheap shots or anything else, but we need to get more fiscal. And I'll be honest, the offensive line, has, uh, uh, there's a zone scheme, all right, and there's a technique that's taught and blocked. Well, I like zone blocking, that's fine, but I don't like the technique being taught, and that's just my opinion. I think you get golf with the guys into you too much. I don't think we're physical enough up front. Uh, we need to develop our running game much better than it is. Uh, we have too many athletes down there to not run the ball as well. Now, the quarterback situation is, is kind of funny. I, I expect that should be picked up big time. But I, I do think uh, Mark needs to open that playbook up more. I think we need to get more inventive on that side of the football. But we've got to be able to run the ball. We've got to be able to pound people a little bit. I don't care if it's a zone scheme or not. We've got to get physical enough and bring back that Miami mean. And defensively, that's how it was, too. You know, hell, we played cover two half times. just played it. You know, we, we beat people up up front and then get to them. And I think, we, you know, we're just... I'm not being down there, so I'm just judging from what I see and what I read. So, you know, I don't, and again, I'm not putting the blame on any one person, but I think we need to, to open that book up. We need to get back to being physical, and uh, that's style of ball. We, you know, for me, right now, I don't care if we go to a bowl game or anything. What I would do is I want to play the players I want to see on the field and find out who my players are, and then we're going to move forward because I want someone to start taking over. I want to see leaders out front. I want to see people that are going to get it and give it all the game, make something happen, and get a little ticked off on the sideline. You know, and I, you know, that's again, that's my personality. That's kind of like what I want to see. But that's what I, I miss, I think, most in watching the games play is I just don't feel the confidence, uh, you know, offensively and even defensively sometimes. I just don't feel it that we're, we're saying, hey, listen, we don't care. We're, we're going to come at you. I, just, I, I right now, I, I'm struggling with that. And that's, again, that's just pro opinion. Hey, well, um, I, I agree with you, um, Jay. I'd, I'd love to see our team a lot more physical, especially up front on the offensive line. And, uh, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about opening up the playbook on offense. I mean, we really I, – I, I struggle with us um, – not being an explosive offense. When you think about Miami Hurricanes, you know, we 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 made the NCAA change the rule book <laughs> as for a celebration, man, because we had so much explosive offense. You know, I'm you never forget that I'll never forget the Cotton Bowl when Randall Hill, 
had so many touchdowns yeah. that they, they changed the rule the next year was celebrating in the end zone for college football. And we just don't have explosion in our offense. And I really and, – and I think we have some probably some of the best running backs, as good of running backs as anybody in college football. But if you take Absolutely. your running back and you put him four yards from the line of scrimmage and right beside the quarterback – um, you, you're taking a whole lot of vision that he could see as a running back away from him, and it's just it's it's detrimental. It's not it's not an effective style. You remember Kirk Warner? I played with him in Seattle with the Seahawks. You know, Kirk Warner could stop on a dime and go from one side. He can go from the one hole all the way back to the yeah. nine hole and and keep it rolling, <laughs> man. But Willis McGahee did the same thing. Clinton Price right. did the same right. thing. Edwin James right. did the same thing. You understand what I'm saying? You all of them cats did the yeah. same thing, man. You know, but you but when you take half of the field away from a running back and you put him beside a court beside the quarterback, I think you're not you're not doing these guys a lot of justice. We we got to open the field up and and when you when we talk about the stretch play that doesn't exist in our right. offense right now because right. the running back is he's he's in, he's beside the quarterback. You know, and that's well, been like a staple in our offense for many years. What well, well, is you're right. You're right. And you know what? For defense, that becomes what? It becomes predictable. All right? right. I know where that guy is all the time. I know by the, the down and distance lots of times what they like normally. out. That gives the defense an edge, man. And you're right. The explosive plays where, where we throw the ball out field. Uh, Bernie always said this, and I always agree with this. Even if you don't commit, you got to take shots. you got to take shots. And that's what we were good at. But, man, we get one of our guys out there, and you're not catching them once they get the ball. That, we need that, and again, each one opens up the other. If we're running the ball effectively, then play action works. It doesn't work if we don't run well. So when you see the quarterback hand the ball, fake the ball up, man, ain't no one buying that when you're not running the ball well in a third day. No one's buying it. So you've got to be able to, to make them respect what you're doing. And, and I, don't, I don't think we have that yet. We need to be able to rip off those runs, like you said, and I definitely agree, with those stretch plays. Get them outside and let them find a hole. Go. Running back, you got to run with your eyes, man. We, we don't. You know, you see the holes when you see them and you go. We block up front, keep people out of your way, and you go. And I'd I just like to see more of that and get those guys at edge, give them an opportunity, get guys in space. And, uh, you know, again, challenge them down the field. You know, and, and if, if that's not possible right now, then we've got to work on it. You know, we've got to find the right people and plug in there. And I'm not questioning, uh, well, I might be questioning what the coaches are doing, but. Again, I'm not there. I'm just giving you, you know, the bird's eye view I see when I watch the games. And I, I just, I'm concerned that we're not establishing the runner. We're kind of caught between. You know, we, we, I don't know if we can think we can pass okay or we should run okay. I don't think we're sure. And I think yep. it shows up on Saturday, unfortunately. Yeah. Hey, Jay, we're going to take another quick commercial break, man. We got a couple callers on hey, waiting waiting to holler at you. So I'll please hold through the break. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more sports info and some callers on the backside. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, tonight we have Jay Brophy on our show, former University of Miami captain of the 1983 National Championship team, played in the Super Bowl, and LeBron James' only high school football coach. Jay, welcome back to the show. Man, pleasure being here. Love it. Hey, Jay, we got a call on. Reggie, what's going on? What's going on, Jay? This is Reggie Song. Oh, Reggie. Man, I can tell by the way. It, it, it could be 30 years. It don't matter. I can tell right away. Russell's one of the best <laughs> yeah. athletes I've ever played with in my entire career. Oh, that's, that's an honor to hear you say that, man. How you doing, Jay? No, I'm doing terrific, Reg. I'm up here in uh, cold and wet Akron, Ohio, still coaching football. Man. I'm serious. I don't know what else to do. I can't do nothing else. So I'm doing yeah, that, man. Yeah. Enjoying life. How about you? I'm good, man. Darren had told me that you was going to be on. I said, I got the call. Oh, bro, I got the call. <laughs> I, do, I be hanging out man. with old, old, old Eddie Joe. Eddie Williams. What's that? I said, I be hanging out with Eddie Williams, Eddie Joe. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. Eddie and I talk forever. And, you know, tell Eddie I'm still waiting on the, the papers for our book. Now he's gonna start getting that five eye. Told me he had to work on it, man. Send me the outline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. Our days, yeah. Our days, yeah. <laughs> I heard y'all talking about the hurricanes, man. We got and you right, Jay, yeah. man. They they not physical enough, man, and they they got to get physical, man. They the defense what they start out good and then it just it seemed like everything fell apart, man. Everything. 
everything yeah, that we was hoping for didn't come to pass, I, but, you know. I think a lot of it, it is the physicality, Reggie. I think we got to get back to playing that, that style, even if it's song. We got to get some of that Miami mean, the nastiness back a little bit. And that don't mean like, yeah. you know, dirty penalty-wise. I'm talking about just playing to the whistle and playing hard. Right, exactly. And, and everybody flying to the ball. I mean, once yeah. a guy grab a guy, man, like when we were playing, you, you grab a guy, man, it's about six more guys coming. <laughs> I was hey. I was watching that Nebraska game, and, man, we were physical, man. We were physical. Well, see, the thing, the thing I agree with, too, though, is you're right. You know what? You may take some shots for your own players make a tackle because everybody's trying to fly around and put a hat on you. You know what? I, right. I just I, I want to see that style. Again, I'm both kind of ball. It could be, you know, just me talking, but that's what I see. That I just think it's missing a little bit. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. And, and until we get back that uh that physical play again, I don't think nothing's going to come to pass. You know, I mean, not what we're hoping for. You know? Right. So, no, I agree. You know, it was real disappointing. I, I mean, we lost, what, three in a row, four in a row? Well, yeah, yeah. Too many. Yeah, four to get four in a row, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 at, at six and five, and, and then we still got Pittsburgh. And it's a must win. You know, in right. order to go to any kind of bowl. Now we just made well, the six know, wins last week. We're we're going to be able to go to a bowl game, but we already lost. We lost four games in a row, actually, and and we lost um, five, including that uh, LSU game. You know, Boston College. Um, Virginia, um, Georgia yeah. Tech, Duke. From Duke. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. You know, those teams that we used to go, hey, you, you know, you count those as a victory. And you're looking at yeah. LSU and a few of those games, oh, those might be tight ones. You know what? I'm all right if we lose a few ball games, as long as we're beating the teams we should beat. And mm-hmm. I don't think we're doing that. And that's, you know, again, that's concerning. And hopefully we can right, find that right. Page. But again, it gets being back to being Miami football, man. Daryl and I were talking about earlier, Rich. You know how we practiced mm-hmm. and what we did. I know you can't do that anymore, but you can instill uh, that that ability to get to the ball. You know, second was the right. play. I don't care. Everybody's got to get there. I mean, you you got to. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm missing it, man. I don't know, but I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, right now I'm so confused. I don't I don't even know. What I don't have no answers. Uh, you know, just a lot of times you can kind of figure out what 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 needs to be done in order for it to be changed or uh, uh, to play better. But it's like we 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 weak in so many spots. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's what I, I yeah. said to Daryl. It's like I just the only thing I can think of because it's just it's affected the whole team is just getting back to being the Miami mean that that kind of. Miami Hurricane football, and I, I don't know if that's the answer, but you're right. I think we have just questions in a lot of positions that we shouldn't. Because they're on our side, we've got too many doggone athletes to be good players, not to be more successful. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a mind thing. I'm not sure. Right, I, I'm not right, sure right. what the problem is either, but I, I just look at some of the athletes we have. We had a running back to come in the game this week and ran the ball impressively. But this is the first we've really seen of this kid the whole season. And, um, you know, and he has enough. We, we have enough wide receivers down there to make any team 
great. Mm-hmm. Any quarterback looked real good. But well, I don't think we use our quarterback effective either because how many times have we seen this kid run a bootleg? How many times do we see him yeah. roll out of the pocket? And he's a very athletic mm-hmm. quarterback. And uh, we bear, we're just beginning to see him run the ball a little bit more lately. And and he's still young too. You know, this is his first time touching the field. I'm talking about Perry, and um, right. I, and he probably should have been on the field the entire season instead of uh, Rozier, Malik Rozier, because you know he lost four games in a row last year, and uh, it's hard well, to overcome what? four losses in a row. But I, I know what I think. You know what? And again, I have no, I have all the respect in the world for Malik and, and as a as a kid player, everything, but. You're right. I think this young quarterback should let in, give him a look, and let's go with it, man. I mean, that's that's finally to do. You're right. Move in the pocket. See Green go. Get some yards out of that. Be more active. And I, and I, I agree with you. Uh, this Malik is not the most uh, accurate passer. And down the field, he uses his body and all. But if we're going to take that next step, I think you have to develop that young guy and take a look. And I, and I, I thought that should be a Probably a move too, but again, that's just me on the sidelines judging. But and I should be, but I, I like I just like to think that that more athletic quarterback, and let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right, right, and, and I'm I'm already looking forward to next season. I pretty much say you know, we got to play this one out, finish this season, yeah, and, and hope for a better one next year because this this past season was was a major letdown. I know that. For a fact, so, I mean, well, not just for me, but for every Hurricane fan out there, because we had some real high hopes starting out, opening up the season ranked number eight, and then to finish the way we finished it, it was, it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. No, and playing for exactly. the ACC championship. Yeah, yep. you know what? Right, and I told, I told Dale this too. I, you know, with the weather season, I don't care if we go to a bowl or anything. I want to start finding out who our players are. Like, uh, Daryl talked about getting young QB. You know, right. Let's get these people out there and see who can play. Let's open this play for a couple of minutes, find our players, and then then improve going forward for next year. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Reggie, we got to exactly. get out of here, man. Jay, we got to let you get out okay, of here, too. Jay, well, nice talking to you. Give, hey, Reggie, always a pleasure, baby. Love all right, Always. Man, much love. Much love. Yep. All right. Bye. Hey, hey, Jay, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, Jay, um, one more question before we let you get out of here, man. Not too many yeah. people that we know have had an opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. And you were you're one of the players that I know that did have an opportunity to play in a Super Bowl, correct? Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is, I, I was the only trivial question, and you've got to think about it. I don't know if they ever answered it, but when we lost the Super Bowl, they didn't ask it anymore. But Who's the only guy to go from a national championship team to a Super Bowl from the same city? I went from Miami Hurricanes to Miami Dolphins. But unfortunately, we lost that game. I'll tell you, uh, uh, I had the biggest high in the world at the national championship and the biggest low the following year, losing the Super Bowl. So I can hear yeah. both those. But after we lost, no one cared much about uh, the, the record of playing in the same city. But it was an awesome experience. Uh, you know, it's, it's everything you dream of. And I was just fortunate to be a part of it. Hey, Jay, man. Thanks for being a part of Sports Info. You're on VoiceAmerica.com, man. Anytime you want to come on the show, come on the show. You don't need an invitation. Man, I, come on the show. Right. We're here every Monday night. Me, man, I'm looking forward to it now. 
You got it. I appreciate it, Jay. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks a lot, bro. Much love to you and your family. Happy holidays. You too, my man. We'll talk soon. Thank Thank you, Jay. Take care. Hey, that was Jay Brophy on Sports Info. You know, uh, man, what a wonderful teammate, a dynamic guy. And I'm going to tell you, would knock the snot out you, too. Man, mess around, mess around and run up, run up one of Jay Brophy's uh, gaps and, and didn't have your chin strapped up, chin, chin strap, strapped really tight. Hey, your helmet might go flying. He wasn't no joke, man. This guy, he didn't play for the Miami Dolphins for four years and then with the New York Jets for nothing. And he, he was a player and, uh, and a real, real down-to-earth guy. You know, Jay was one of those guys you could go to in private about anything. You know, and it went nowhere but, but between you and Jay. You know, that's just the kind of captain he was on our team. And it didn't matter whether you were aristocrat or whether you was from the uh, Poke and Bean Projects. Didn't matter. You know, Jay Brophy was that guy that you could go and talk to about about anything. And, um, and trust me, he's one of the, you know, you hear people talk about um, glue that holds a group together. Well, he was definitely one of the glue the glue guys that held our group together. You know, we're about to get out of here, but, um, you know, um, our best wishes go out to, a, and, a, and a speedy recovery go out to Alex Smith. You know, Alex suffered a, a horrific um, leg injury yesterday, um, broke his tibula and his fibula, and, um, you know, it, it made me think about a game that I watched back in, uh, I think it had to be around 19, around 1980, 79-80 when Joe Theismann broke his leg playing for the Washington Redskins. It was uh, it was just a horrific injury. But um, Joe Theismann never really re- ever came back to play after that injury. Uh, let's wish that, you know, well, let's hope that uh, modern technology and the way medicine is now, uh, it won't be the same for Alex Smith. He'll be able to come back and someday um, resume a uh, successful NFL career. Um, best wishes, Alice. Get yourself together. Um, come back healthy as you can. Yep. And um, um, there's been some it was some really good games over the weekend. And one that really stands out to me is that the game between the Los Angeles Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. The Raiders won 23 to 21. And John Gruden came back to the NFL with a lot of high hopes and he was selling a lot of pipe dreams is what he was doing. And now we see they're at the cellar in the NFL at the very, very bottom and um, two and eight. Don't look like they're going, well, they're definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. But doesn't look like John Gruden is doing what he should be doing in Oakland. You know, we talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I've been saying this for a while, that Dirk Cutter really needs to be on his way out. I mean, Dirk Cutter needs to be on his way out the gate. I don't think he's good, and I really think Jameis Winston would have flourished under a more stringent coach. I mean, someone that would have been like, in his can all the time. I think he would have been a much better, much better player. And hey, Tony Dungy's in the booth. And if John Gruden can come back to the field, Tony Dungy, come on back to Tampa. Get that Super Bowl that they took from you. 
Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Sports Info UM. Thanks for our callers. Thanks for Jake Brofit. Thanks to Jake Brofit for coming on the show, being a part of this show, and giving us some, some life lessons and giving us a little insight on how it was coaching LeBron James. Hey, guys, we'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. We'll be right back.